Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, and welcome to What Future. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. And I have to say, today's show is a unique treat for me. Our guest, who I'll tell you about in a second, has become a iconic, really a, a member of the family in a way. I mean, I don't actually know him at all personally or in real life, but he has in some way become a voice in our house that I hear on a regular basis. Uh, of course, talking about the music journalist and critic, Rob Harvilla, he hosts a show that you can find on, I believe it's on Spotify. It's a uh, Ringer podcast. It's called 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. It is way over 60 songs at this point, and it is sort of uh, one man's travelogue through the the songs that for me were very much, and and for my wife, were very much a part of our youth and a part of like our growing up and sort of are incredibly resonant and important to us. And actually to begin the conversation with Rob, a real member of my family is going to join me, my daughter, Zelda June. So let's just, let's get into it. Okay. Okay. Wait, there you go. It's just that the seat is like not designed for a man and a child to sit on at the same time. Can you talk to the mic? Can you? Hi. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, it definitely was better when you were like up high. I guess I could tilt the mic your way like that. Oh, yeah. Is that better? Yeah, that okay. works. Okay. I can hear myself. Hey, oh, there he is. Hold on. I got to get Zelda in frame. Okay. This is very exciting. This is Zelda. Hi, Zelda. I'm Rob. It's nice to meet you. Hi. You are nine years old, am I correct in stating? You're nine. Yeah. I have a nine-year-old son named Griffin, so he's, this is... Oh, they should meet. I have some nine-year-old experience. So you're familiar with nine-year-olds is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying, yes. Good. So Zelda's mom, mm -hmm. Laura, my wife, introduced her to your show, and um, she is a huge fan. That's very flattering. Right? 
Would you say? It's your favorite podcast? You don't have to say that if it's not true. And she's listened to a lot of very inappropriate episodes with a lot of bad language. I was going to say, I was going to apologize for the language, which is is rude of me. And and had I known that Zelda was listening, of course, I would not have said any of the many inappropriate things that I've said. Well, you know what? I apologize to you. I don't think you should edit yourself. Zelda. So Zelda put some questions together. She wanted to talk to you and she made a a list of questions here and we've highlighted two of them. Yes. All right. I'm so excited about this. Okay. Take it away. This is all, this is all yours. <laughs> Hello here Zelda. Hit me. What is a song from the nineties that you like, but you are not going to do on the podcast? Wow. Okay. That's a very good question. <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> Let me think about this for a second. I really like a band called morphine. Hmm. They were from Boston. It was a dude playing bass, but I think there were only like two strings on the bass, if I remember correctly. And then a dude playing saxophone and a dude on drums. They were sort of like a jazz rock type band that had a few modest hits on alternative rock radio in the 90s. And I really, really liked them. And uh, I, I listened to them a lot. And I've thought about doing an episode, but it may be they may not be quite huge enough to do a whole episode about the huge problem I have with this show is there's too many songs, right? Like it's called 60 songs, but then I did like 50 songs and I was like, Oh my gosh, I have way too many other songs. And I keep adding new songs and that's very obnoxious. And now the title of the show is wrong. It's in the SEO is ruined. This is a terrible situation. And so I, I have to cut it off somewhere and so I fear that I will not get around to doing an episode on morphine on a song. What would I do if I did morphine? I would probably do the song Buena, which is, I think, the first song that I ever heard by them. I really like it. That means good in Spanish. You probably know that. Nine-year-olds are really smart. That's true. That's one song that I really, really love. And if every episode of this show is just me being super indulgent and doing whatever I wanted to do, like I would for sure do an episode on the band Morphine, but because I'm, I care about the people, you know, and I have a mission here and I have people to answer to besides myself, I am, I am going to have to graciously not do the Morphine episode that I would really love to do. My follow-up is I feel like, unfortunately, now that you've said it, now you've put it out into the universe, it seems almost inevitable that you'll have to do the episode. I, feel I like know what you're saying. Now it's like, well, if you don't do it, maybe you've missed an important moment for yourself and for the show. I don't know. Well, I think this is the first time that I've ever said that like, I'm probably not going to do this song. Like I've tried to keep it open-ended. I've tried to be really arbitrary. Mm. I've ended up doing other songs that I thought that I wasn't going to do. And so you're absolutely right that for all, you know, that could have been just an ingenious, you know, head fake to make you think that I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it immediately. Now that I've said, I wasn't going to do it. That's just how I roll. I'm unpredictable. Also interesting that Zelda maybe got the first, you're saying maybe the first ever you're not going to do it. Out that's of the, right. Yeah. It's just, just that that's just the kind of interviewer she is. It's just very, very aggressive. Yeah. And I just, you freaked me out and I just Hard answered honestly. It's, it's really remarkable. I feel like I'm watching Jonathan Swan and Trump right now in, uh, there you go. Frost Nixon. She has an, exactly. She's another one here. Do you want to read that one? Um, I don't know how to phrase it. You don't know how to phrase it? Mm-mm. No, this is good. Mm. This is good. Just read it. Okay. Just, no, just read it. It's a good question, too. I, I, I'm dying to know the answer to this. Go ahead. So, if you were going to end the podcast, are you just going to stop or are you going to do a different era of music? <laughs> that's incredible just, stuff. Are you just going to stop? It's that's that is incredible. Yeah, she actually she actually said, "Are you going?" To, she actually wrote, "Are you going to stop podcasting?" Specifically, I'm going to retire. Uh, but no, yes. I, that, um. Yeah, I like this. She started with the, the so is great. Uh, it's very yeah, it's, it's jocular. Yeah. Okay, I would I would love to, and I have every intention to do another podcast after I stop doing this podcast. I have to stop at some point. It's going to get obnoxious if I do mm-hmm. too many songs. I am almost certainly actually going to stop at a hundred and twenty songs, which means I have sixteen left, mm-hmm. which will take me through the end of the year or maybe a little into January. But I really want to do something else. I am not quite clear on what that is yet. I have thought about doing the 80s. I'm sure you're very familiar, Zelda, with the 80s. Uh, I thought about doing the 
20. One big problem here is I hate the term, the aughts. Like I just, I just, I don't like that specific way to describe the first decade of the two thousands. Right. Like the, the, just the, yeah, you, yeah, she doesn't, yeah. you know, when, when the two thousands were just originally just the thousands, people called the, the aughts. aughts. Cause that's an right. old timey, that's an old timey word for zero for zeros. Zero. This I don't is know, excellent right? dadding that you're doing right now that I'm getting to witness. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I would like to do it. I'm filling in the blanks. I would like to do another show. I have every intention of doing another show. I should know what that is. I should be more prepared than I am, but I don't know what it is. But I do know that it's going to be something. I'm going to come up with it anytime now. But I do not intend to retire from podcasting. I should probably keep doing this. That's good. I mean, that's very good to know. I just want to just say, I mean, I mean, this is, I've actually never seen Zelda do this. Okay. She's right. Taking, she's taking notes. Oh no. She's writing down. What did she write down? Yeah. She oh, it's wrote, like a therapy. So she really originally wrote down 120 songs and then she said, put left, but it's not 120 songs left. I think, no, you don't have to erase it. It's fine. But she wrote down 120 songs and then wrote down another show, which I guess is her just confirming, sure. making sure she got the confirmation that you will be doing another it's podcast. It's in writing. Which is, I've, I, I, if I told Zelda, to. now I have to do it. Zelda, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What is your favorite song from the 90s, Zelda? Oh, I think you probably have an answer to this. What's your favorite song from the 90s? Um... You just did your your School of Rock showcase was all 90s, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. Is there one of those songs that's your favorite? Um, yeah. What is it? Buddy Holly. Is that from the 90s? It is. Is it? It is. Buddy yeah, Holly is. from, from By Weezer. Weezer. Yeah. Weezer's yeah. Buddy Holly is an excellent 90s song. You're saying you just played that song? You're in the School of Rock program? Yeah. She sang lead vocals on that song. Yeah. You sang lead oh. vocals on Buddy Holly. You, that yeah. is so cool. You know she you know she did lead vocals on? No. Epic by Faith No More. No, she did not. That's the <laughs> yeah, coolest yeah. thing. It was, it was I've insane. ever heard a nine year You want it. Oh my is there video no, like, of that available? Uh, I think I have video of it. Yeah, I definitely have video of it, and I'm I'm happy to produce it. Uh, you got to drop the SoundCloud, drop the link. Yeah, you were the, one of the coolest nine year olds I know. I guess I have a nine year old as well. He would be. Yeah, offended. you can't. Uh, <laughs> you, you and my you and my son are the two coolest nine year olds around. You sang lead vocals on Epic. Do you like Epic? Is that a hard song to sing? Well, I mean, when you hear it, it's hard, but when you actually like learn it, it's pretty easy. <laughs> Okay. She was excited because right. there's it's essentially a rap and she was very excited to it is. To that's yeah. It's so cool, man. It's out of oh my gosh, that's the neatest thing I've ever heard. I mean, all of it was just seeing children play those songs is completely Did someone play the piano part at the ends? Like oh yeah. Yes. Like oh yeah. It was oh, yeah. No, awesome. That's, that's the best was, part of the song for me is the the piano part at the end. Wait, yeah. did you do Epic? I did it because it's 89. It's one of oh, the songs fuck. that's not <laughs> so that's quite not actually <laughs> from the 90s. Oh, that's, wow. It, it, it barely isn't. It barely yeah, isn't. Yeah. It, was it, like, isn't. it was like popular in 90, maybe. Let's say that's right. That's exactly right. It, it, yeah, it peaked yeah. in 1990, but did not wow. originate. In uh, yeah. Yeah. So wait, did, did, that was a 90s thing, though, wasn't it? Yeah. You got to go in there and tell them they messed up. <laughs> You'd be like, guys, I mean, here's this one problem with our showcase that we did is that Epic yeah. was technically from the 80s. Oh, so it was insane. A, yeah, that's you got to fact check. The yeah, you got you to hit, hit him with the facts. All right. Well, Zelda, I think you got to go back in. Okay. Right. Do you have anything else? You, any other questions you want to ask Rob or any other um, thing? Anything you'd like to say? You want to do that one? I do that one. Okay, go ahead. Okay. How did you think of a name for your podcast? Um, We were trying... <laughs> We were trying to think of the right number of songs to do, and ninety songs would have made more sense. Yeah, <laughs> but I was, I it would have made a lot more sense, right? But I was worried that people wouldn't like the show, and I would be embarrassed if the name of the show was ninety songs that explain the nice. And then after like three episodes, people were like, "This show is terrible. You need to stop." And then I was the guy who got. Like who got a show canceled with ninety in the title, uh, right? And so sixty, but then thirty songs was too few songs, and so sixty, which is still an embarrassing amount of songs. If I had been canceled after three songs, like, but, yeah, but sixty sure. was the I don't compromise think, between sixty and ninety. I feel like the embarrassment would be pretty, you know, I, right? Yes, right? mistakes were made in this <laughs> in this thought process. Um, okay, Zelda, 
great job. And now you, uh, you're going to go. It was great to meet you, Zelda. You are my youngest fan or person who's ever listened to this podcast. And I'm, I'm honored. It's very it great to meet you. Congratulations on the Faith No More Weezer thing. That's awesome. Good luck to you. Do you want to sign off? Or? Uh, yeah. How would you sign off here from this conversation? Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
of that's of, tremendously of kind of you. It's all a facade. Also, I mean, you're you and I must be close in age. We are. We are. I'm 45. As, oh, I'm yeah. 45 also. So we're actually the exact same age. All that's, right. That's great. You said you think you're going to do 120 episodes total of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, you're on what number now? I am thinking about episode 105. I have oh, wow. 16 episodes remaining. You know, the show's on a little break. Right now, it will return, I believe, on October 11th, and we're going to go straight through, you know, sort of holidays, accepted, et cetera. But like the, the last 16 are a block that we are thinking about now, and it is vexing. This is a vexing document to me. Because there, there are too many songs that you want to do? There are too many songs, and it's just, it's not flowing. Like, I just, there's like a harmony and like a beauty that I really want to concoct. Right. out of this Excel chart. And I just, I haven't gotten there yet. It's just, I look at it and it just, it doesn't look quite right. You know, I don't know if you ever have that feeling, but I'm just, I'm uh, not sure what exactly what I'm doing. Like you're missing yet. something or you just don't feel like the, the order, the flow is correct. Both really, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 we, you know, we have, you know, the list of songs that we probably are not going to do at this point is, is, is very disturbing right. to me. Cause there's so much cool stuff on here, but all of those are still technically possible, but like, yeah, it's a combination of like, you know, for every song that we add now, you know, there are five that de facto are being left off. Right. This is the point I would get to previously where I would then go to my, to my friends and masters at the ringer and be like, can we please do more episodes? And they're like, fine. <laughs> All right. You know, it's like, and then like, that's what we did when we got close to 60. That's when we did when we got close to 90, you know, and like, they're not going to let me extend again. Like I I probably should bring this to a somewhat dignified conclusion, but it's not a good feeling to try and orchestrate that. Right. I feel like there is this kind of symmetry though with 120. I mean, it immediately evokes 120 minutes from MTV, Mm -hmm. which of course was, uh, I mean, a very much a 90s product and like probably sure. the place where so many, many of the songs that you've talked about were were sort of not discovered exactly, but discovered by the masses or much, much larger audience. Discovered by me, certainly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. huge for me. Yeah. So I think 120 sounds right. It does. I mean, what you were talking about, this, this idea that, you know, went from 60 to 90 and now you have 120. I had some idea in my head when I, when I started listening to it that like, because you hadn't done pretty far into the show, you hadn't done some songs that I thought were like really important. I mean, one, I think the one that stood out was Smells Like Teen Spirit, which, sure. which like, I guess I think for my money, I don't know if this is I, a, a globally considered truth or not, but I feel like it's the, probably the most important song from the nineties. Like, I don't know if that's, I agree with you. Yeah. I, it's, to, to the extent that there's a consensus, you know, if, if rock, if guitar, music, et cetera, is a thing you're at all interested in. I, right. I think that's a safe bet. I, yeah, I guess I should say, yeah, in, in the rock space, but also like more, but also beyond rock into like pop, because I think what was interesting about mm-hmm. it, which is, seems like nothing now seems like no big deal, but it was like a song that should not have been as massively popular as it was like to a broad set of people. And, and, right. and yet it was like a, a defining point. And that's early nine. That's like, it came out in what? 91, 90. It came out in 91, yeah. you know, and I, I think people, you know how they say like a decade doesn't begin like, you know, on January 1st, 1990, like culturally. Right. I think a lot of people would fix the beginning of the nineties, either to when it came out, which I think was September 91 or the moment when, it kicked Michael Jackson off number one on the billboard charts, you know, right. and as you, as yeah. you say, when it became pop and no one, when the song came out, expected it to ever become pop. Like that's the moment when the nineties begin yeah. culturally. Yes. I mean, it is insane to think about that just as conceptually knowing the band, you know, where they came from and who they were surrounded by the idea that you would, that they one of their songs would knock Michael Jackson off of the, from the, you said number one, spot right mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's yeah. Just, i think it, it sounds... was the album yeah yeah i think i think it was when oh, the album. Mind okay. kicked i believe dangerous was the the michael jackson album yeah well you know that's that you know i'll say that it's probably that's not his best work so you know they, they had a little bit of an edge <laughs> that's true i want to ask about the way that you do your shows so first off like there are a lot of your episodes and I do encourage anybody who's listening to this to go and listen to to Rob's show because it's really fucking entertaining. But 
there are episodes where you're like, I don't know, well, I don't know, 30 minutes in or something or 40 <laughs> minutes in. And, and, and often, not always, but often it is, uh, you're sort of telling a story about your life and your, your youth. Yeah. I'm like, I thought this episode was about you know, like Bone Thugs and Harmony. I don't know if you did a Bone Thugs and Harmony one, but I haven't looked at every episode, but, but I'm yeah, like, I, I'm fun. like, I thought this was like, I thought this was about Bone Thugs and Harmony, but I, I have to look, I have to check sometimes because I'm like, is he still, is that still one of the one I'm listening to? But you do get to it. I mean, you, you, you find your way into the song and the reason, and there's a, a, often, not often, always rationale behind the story. But like, <laughs> do you, here's what I want to know. Here's what I'm dying to know. Because when we started doing this podcast, I was like, you know, they were like, what podcast do you like? And I was like, I, yours. I was like, I think that's great. And, yeah. a, and a big part of what I liked about it was you were just fucking talking. You know, you were just like... <laughs> It's like, it's like, and, and I'm not just saying it's, it's like, I'm not saying it's like low yeah. effort or anything, but I, I was like, you know, I, <laughs> I can talk really well. So if I could just talk mm -hmm. as much as possible, that would be my ideal podcast. Do you write that shit or are you doing that just from memory or from your, you know, ability to speak? Oh, a billion percent. I write that shit. These things are scripted down to the word and like almost really the inflection. Really? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. It's, okay. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just, I, I just open up the Google doc and I'm one of, I think this has always been true of my writing, but I'm one of these people who I reread the first paragraph as I'm writing the second, right? Like in the course of writing a piece, I end up rereading it like 50 times just because I start at the beginning. And so that applied to this. And so now I'm sort of talking out loud and like just the delivery, you know, I, I didn't start this show thinking that it was going to be, and I still don't really think of it as a performance, right? Like I'm not an actor, you know, like monologue is probably accurate, but always felt a little like pretentious to me, but like, right. It's, it's just, it's always the way I've done it, but no, absolutely. I cannot ad lib at all, at all, at all. Yeah. So this is, these are just 8,000 or more word google docs that i am reading verbatim and trying not to have it sound like that yeah i should have expected the answer that you were writing them but i think that there's something about the way that you present these narratives that feels i mean maybe it's the way you're writing them obviously it's just like this kind of feels like a stream of consciousness like someone's just going through this like you know this obviously <laughs> obviously there are many moments that are that have to be like you know you've got these sort of where you, where you throw to things. Right. So those I always assumed were right. like, you know, planned in some way, but the rest of it always feels very like freeform to me. And uh, to the point where I guess what I'm, I guess what's so interesting about it is you get kind of lost in the story so much that you, you sort of like, are like, is that, you know, are we heading, are we heading to the right place? <laughs> yeah. Now in retrospect, I feel stupid for maybe not saying like, Oh, obviously these are written. Uh, I don't know. It feels unique to me. Again, I don't listen to every podcast, but What's your longest sort of, uh, you know, lead up to, do you have a, do you, do you have like a, a record holder, you know, for like the longest lead up to the, to when you mentioned the song? Do you know? It's a good question. I have like an, I have like a vague sense of it and certainly like it's, it's getting worse. That problem is getting worse. Like the longest episode of this show ever, like from a, from a script perspective, at least is Pantera. I don't know how that happened. I just talked about Pantera forever yeah. for 10,000 words. I don't know what happened. Like yeah. they're cool. They're great. But like, I would not have predicted that like the Nirvana show, I think de facto because Courtney love was on it and yeah. spoke herself for about two hours. Um, okay. So yes, I, I, I should be keeping track of exactly when like, so, okay. So a script is like 8,000 words. I feel like I've several times recently have gotten to like the 3000 or 4000 word mark and I'm still not out. My name is Rob Arvilla. And this is like, and I'm like, oh no, like what is happening? Right. And so let me just, here, I've, I've got this arduous thing. Okay, open. here we Let's go. See. I'm just, let's get the data. See if I can, trying to see if I can eyeball it and say the Fugazi episode, I talked about Pee Wee Herman mm. to start off, like, cause he had passed and I was like weirdly affected by that. Like, I talked about Pee Wee Herman at sort of unnecessary length. Um, Fade into You, the Mazzy Star episode, I ended up talking about this band Low mm -hmm. from Minnesota, the slowcore band for a great deal of time. Daft Punk, I was. I don't remember what I was talking about. At the oh, the, the Daft, Daft Punk episode. Forever. It's around the world, right? I think I just listened Repetition. to it. Repetition. 
yeah, repetition. Rep repetition. And you, yeah, yeah, that was, that actually was one of the episodes I think where I was like, what's, is this about Daft Punk or not? <laughs> you know, I, but no, in a good way. I think my editor had a same question and maybe not as much in a good way in his sense. He's like, you know, there's not a lot of Daft Punk yeah. content. No, but it, but the, the, like, but oh, the content, sorry. yeah, you're talking about, you, you're talking about <laughs> dance music. I mean, I used to make dance music like in, and DJ for a living in the, actually in the nineties and, and early two thousands. So, yeah. so yeah, you're talking about, and you go into like fat boy slim and shit like that. And mm. yeah, uh, yeah. I, I believe you touch on like all of the kind of weird popular techno music that uh, existed, but all written, all all on purpose, not just randomly off the off the off the dome. on purpose. Yeah, it's uh, it's all on purpose. But you're writing you you have written a book. You're writing a book. It's coming out. Is it out? No, it's coming out. November. November. Just in time for your holiday shopping. What was the date? Correct. Do you know the date? November Tuesday, November fourteenth. Oh, that's a great. That's right okay. before Black Friday. Um, I'm saying perfect, you know, and perfect for the timed. music lover in your life, for the dads and nine-year-olds <laughs> in your life. That's right. So, so yes. what's the what? How does the book? How does this format? Is it just a collection of the essays that you have um, written? About? <laughs> Did you just copy paste in into the book format and then send it off to the printer, or you know, how, how does this turn into a book? I guess is what I'm saying. That was the plan until I realized that a book of that size would be literally 600,000 words. That would be the grand total if I just copied really? and pasted it. And I, was, I was informed that that was too long. And so what I did instead is I reread all the scripts and I tried to sort of concoct like a greatest hits sort of, you know, sections from those songs, from those scripts, and tried to combine the songs in interesting ways, right? Like sellouts, for example, this concept of selling out very popular in the nineties, right? You know, you think about green day for doing it. You think about Fugazi for not doing it, but you also think about like ice cube and Coolio having these huge crossover hits in the suburbs, like the, the white kids in the suburbs, you know, and they're sort of openly grappling with what it means, you know, to have all these people now listening to them yeah. who aren't from where they're from and like don't know what it's like where they're from, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So, so just trying to find different ways of attacking, you know, like the women in rock question, you know, and, and just the, the different ways that someone like Sinead O'Connor versus Fiona Apple versus like TLC even yeah. sort of dealt with that. And it's, so just trying to group these songs and these artists in these micro eras within the 90s, just in new ways and just get weird songs bouncing off one another, you know, get some cool art in there. I'm really psyched about the artist that I've got, Tara Jacoby. I worked with her at uh, Gawker Media. She worked for Jezebel, Deadspin, mm. Gawker back in the day. And she's a wonderful artist. And I like the best part of the book is the cover and like her illustrations for each chapter. So, yeah, it's, it's sort of it was imagined as a companion <laughs> To the book and there's you know like I, there are riffs from the show that are fairly verbatim in the book and just sort of adjusted you know it's like read okay in a book but there's a lot of new material too and it's all sort of recombined in a way that hopefully gets some cool sort of alchemy going you know between songs that you wouldn't necessarily put together right no i mean that sounds great actually like i like the idea the narrative structure of of finding those threads between these songs is actually interesting because yeah. maybe I'm wrong and you'll tell me you've got this elaborate plan. Like uh. it doesn't feel like you're necessarily rolling these out in a very like, I, miss, I don't want this to sound insulting, but it doesn't, you know, it's fairly, um, I don't say, I don't know. Schizophrenic is not the right word, but there's like, you know, it's like, it's not like, <laughs> no, it's not like you do a block. I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you do a block of like, you know, right. one hit, you know, one hit like Chumba Wamba, like you didn't do a block of like weird one hit wonder songs. And then you didn't do a block right. of like grunge. You got like, it sounds like Teen Spirit and then shoot by Salt and Peppa, you know, like mm -hmm. it's not like I, there was a, a connective tissue between those two songs as far as, as far as I can tell. Delightful chaos. Yeah. Yes. I think the idea that you would take some of this stuff and find a link between those things is quite interesting. And so the, that feels like a reason for the book to exist. I probably will buy the book for somebody for the holidays. That would be very kind of you. I appreciate that. It might, maybe Zelda. It, can Zelda read the book? Is it going to be full of swear words? Are there going to be a lot of, uh, is there going to be a lot of nasty stuff in there? There's a goodly amount of nasty stuff. In yeah. There. You yeah. Know, parental discretion is advised. Unfortunately, that was, I didn't think, I didn't think that through 
you, you apparently. Didn't, you didn't consider that nine-year-olds might want to read the book? What I will do for you and for her is I will take a copy here and I will just mark out every just, objectionable phrase, you know, and I'll mail that on to her. Just I'll redact. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna personally I'm gonna redact, redact my own book. That's, That's incredible. exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I assume you'll offer that as a service to anybody who needs a clean version. Totally. You should do the explicit language version and then the clean version, which would be, I think, very reflective of the parental advisory, you know, label. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry, I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show has a voracious sort of appetite for all of the songs in the 90s. Like, I feel like it doesn't restrain itself to, like, a genre, right? And that's great. Yeah. But, like, when you were living through the 90s, were you more restrained to a genre? Were you more focused on one track? I'd like to say that I was omnivorous in that way. But I think I, I try to own up to being, like, an alt-rockin' teenager, Right. Right. Like, I, I, I don't think there's any question or any 
point in denying that like my foundation, you know, my top five bands when I was 17 years old, most likely uh, Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins, Nine Inch Nails, Radiohead, they might be giants, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, mm-hmm. that's, that's a fairly narrow band of experience. So I, I, I do think I start from a foundation of alternative rock. And so when you're talking about achy, breaky heart, right. for example, or Selena, you know, are, like I, I don't have the personal like I've listened to this record 600 times in my bedroom sort of experience. And I try to be honest about that. But I do think that like in terms of pop radio, you know, in terms of just driving around listening to pop radio, like listening, go, watching MTV constantly, you know, like hanging out with my friends, you know, and whatever they were into. I think that I got, you know, that's helped fill into the gaps to some degree. Right. You know, I can talk about rap music, pop music, country music, you know, with some degree of personal experience, but it's not quite the same. Like, this is my soul, you know, made manifest in arts, you know, the way that the alternative rock of the 90s was. And I just I try to be honest about that, you know, and I try to be honest about, you know, the places where I am perhaps for the first time doing the deep dive that I didn't do when I was 15. And I certainly respect, you know, like Tori Amos, for example, right? Like she's someone who I always love hearing her on the radio, always really wanted to go see her play. You know, I I regret not seeing her live in the nineties, but I wasn't like a super fan of hers, you know? And then some like two years ago, I wake up and suddenly I want to listen to Tori Amos for a week, you know, (laughs) to the exclusion of her. And I do, And I understand that that's to listen to her that deeply for the first time as a 40 year old man is a very different experience than as a 16 year old girl, especially. And so I just try to be honest about that, you know, when I'm coming in with a lot of personal baggage and when I'm not necessarily. Right. Well, but also, I mean, the 90s by by the very function of how you could discover and purchase and enjoy music. I mean, I think your show has an <laughs> omnivorous, you know, bent to it in the sense that like we're talking about, it's not just focused on like the, you know, the alt rock shit that you liked when you were uh, a teenager or whatever, but, yeah. but partially, you know, it's, it's even possible to have a thing like that because we now live in an era where the barrier to all art or all music, let's just say, is non-existent. Like, hmm. like we lived in a time when, and tell me if this was an experience that you shared, I it must have been, where you might have heard a song or somebody played you something and you're like, that's cool, what is that? And they're like, oh, it's this band. And you were like, I want to hear more of it. So you had to go to like a record store. And mm-hmm. I mean, you could go to one in a mall, obviously, and find the, that band's album. Yeah, a lot. Right. Like, like I saw the movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. HBO, um, my friend. I've watched that movie on HBO. And it's a bad movie. It has a song by the Dickies in it. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the song. It's the song is called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Do you know the do you know the tune? Yep. It's kind of I didn't banger. know that was the Dickies. That's the That's Dickies. the Dickies. That's the Dickies. So, wow. you know, so the thing is, yeah. I'd never fucking heard of the Dickies. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, like I like the song because I'm like 13 and dumb or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's the song is literally about the movie about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I like by the way, I love a song that's about a movie. It doesn't happen that often, especially not anymore. But no, like when somebody's written a song for like what's happening in the movie, I think is a really special and amazing thing uh, or about what has happened in the movie, which I think is incredible. Like, like, um, the, what is the Bobby Brown song from Ghostbusters too? which all oh, right. Yeah. I love that. song. it's yeah, so good. Like he, he, but he raps about my boy Vigo, Vigo trying yeah, to he, battle my people. Yeah. Yeah. He raps it's not about legal. Vigo. Like you don't, you don't hear a lot of raps about Vigo in in recent in our recent era of music um drag it is a drag but but i was like so i like i was like oh the dickies they're interesting i think i actually ordered like an ep that that song was on at like something like a a sam goody or whatever and i waited for it to come in and then i was like and then i like then i heard some other dickies so i'd never heard of the dickies before Uh, but the but the other version was that you know you would go to a place that was 
and I don't know if you had this experience. I think you got, must have. You probably talked about it, and I'm just misremembering or not remembering. Well, you know, you go to like one of these stores that sold like really good shit, where like there were a bunch of record nerds working there, and it was like an incredibly intimidating experience. If you like went in and you're like you had heard of Slint or something, and you're like wanted to yeah. find out more about them. And, you know, you had to confront some guy who right. thought you were a shithead who didn't even want to tell you because that's his thing and not yours. You know, so our barrier was very high. So it's like sort of understandable. I'm working my way back to the question, which is, which is, I guess, to my point about the, the question about the show being omnivorous, but you maybe not beginning in your sort of musical life like that. Yeah. But it was much harder. Like it was not a thing. Right. In the 90s that you would be it was very, very rare for a person to be a, have access to and understand like a wide variety of music. Does that seem like a fair assessment or am I just is that just people from Pittsburgh? At, no, that's just Pittsburgh. It's very <laughs> Pittsburgh specifically. Absolutely. I agree with you, because the thing is like, OK, so I hear Undone the Sweater song by Weezer on the radio. And I, I, I try and tape that song off the radio and it take I just sitting there listening to the radio with my hand hovering over the record button, like to right. record it onto a blank tape. But to to own that song, I gotta buy the Weezer record for twenty dollars. And what if it's bad? Right? Like this is the eternal conundrum. And I try and limit the number of times that I do this rant on the show, but I have done this rant on the show five to seven times, probably over the course of a hundred plus episodes now, where it's like you go. As you say, to Goody, Sam Goody or Camelot Music, and you have this wall of CDs, and you have $20 in your pocket, and you have to pick one. Right. You have to pick one, and it has to be good. And you're going to listen to that record 200 times because you are going to extract the value from it. You're going to get your money's worth, right? And it's like, do I risk it on cakes, fashion nuggets? Do I risk oh, yeah. it on like teenage fan clubs? bandwagon s do i risk it on pablo honey right right because i really like creep and so it's extremely limiting like i no, just it's, it's the, nuts to think about it's that nuts. like 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 yeah. i remember i heard like an inspiral carpet song on um mm. on 120 minutes yeah. and i was like this is cool and then like you know i think i i kind of almost remember this experience of going to the record store and looking at the record and going like you know it was probably a cd at this time but still they were like 20 bucks or something they weren't cheap you know they yeah. were and i was like I don't know, like what's on here. And often like you'd buy some shit, you'd buy a record and it would suck. Right. Like, all the rest of the songs would just blow. Like you had one That's song correct. and 12 others that were completely not interesting at all to you. Mm. But jumping off of the thing that I was asking about, like about the show being omnivorous, but you maybe not like those episodes that you're doing that are not about something that you kind of grew up with. I mean, you already said, right? Like you don't, obviously you can't tell the story around it the same way because it's a different story for you. Yeah. But are there other people when you're writing those episodes that you're collaborating with i mean are you are you talking to other people about that moment for that particular genre or that artist or whatever or is it just you just researching and kind of putting it into 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 a narrative yeah i'm just trying to read as widely as i can you know every episode starts you know with my endless monologue and then i talk to a guest right right and we just have a you know like a 20 minute conversation and the idea there is that the guest has a completely different perspective you know if if, if it's not something that i grew up you know, with a mind meld in a smashing pumpkin sense, like I try and talk to someone who did. Right. Right. You know, and just and, and so in that sense, I try and talk to somebody with a more personal connection to whatever I'm talking about. But if it's something like, say, like Los Del Rio, like the Macarena, right? Like the <laughs> Macarena is something I know is like a cultural force or like a scourge or whatever, you know, but I, I can't say that I'm familiar with like where the Macarena came from and like the, the scene that it grew out of and like what those guys were doing before the Macarena blew up, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm reading books, right. And I'm just going back and reading articles from that time. And it, it's more of a research thing, I guess. And then I just try and bring in, you know, like I have plenty of experience, like at junior high dances, you know, like watching people do the Macarena and like having this mixture of like, I hate this song. And <laughs> I wish I was out there having fun dancing to this song, like that very complex right. series of emotions that you have Interesting. when you're in an eighth grade after school junior high dance. But yeah, I just, it's not necessarily that I talk to somebody to sort of manufacture that personal connection, but like the show hopefully does involve me interviewing somebody after I've done my bit about their more personal story relating to the song. 
I don't know. Your audience must be made up of people like our age, right? I mean, I, there must be a lot of. No, sorry, it's not all. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not all people our age. But I'm just like it, it's sort of like you know. <laughs> There, I mean, the appetite for nostalgia is high, and and I feel like there's something um, about this this era, and maybe this is just a, the Gen X guy. I'm just like it seemed really important, and like maybe every decade <laughs> seems really important. But but when I listen to the show, I'm like, oh yeah, like because a lot of times you're talking about politics, or you're talking about culture, you know, outside of music or or societal things that were shifting. And yeah. do the '90s actually stand out as a outsized moment in cultural sort of history or, or is that just because I'm old now and I, I lived through it? I do think that both things can be true. I think it is absolutely true that the music that you loved when you were a teenager is the greatest music you'll ever hear. I do think the emotional connection that you form with that music, it's the, it's, it's the music you love the most. It's the most important music to you. You know, and so in that sense, it is sort of a Gen X thing, right? Like we think the 90s are the best because we were teenagers in the 90s. And that's the end of it. You know, and it's like if you were a teenager in the 60s, if you were a teenager in the 2010s, then that's the most important music to you and everything else sucks. Like right. everything else is just old or it's newfangled and it's not as good. <laughs> I do think that the 90s, you know, when we started this show, we were just like, let's let's do a show that's like songs. Every episode is about a song. You know, like what is what is a framing that works here? And the 90s jumped out immediately. Like, I guess my standard shtick is like it's far enough that it's the past, but it's recent enough that it's still imprinting on the present. You know, like you can still hear, see, feel a lot of 90s energy, you know, in the culture being made today. Like it's it's present tense enough. Right. But it also feels like a distinct period of time to possibly a greater degree than the aughts do. Like, that's the way it feels for me. And I try and filter out, again, the fact that I was a teenager. Like, I try right, and, right. and acknowledge that, like, the 90s are always going to be the ultimate for me. But is there something about this decade? Is there something about the pre-internet, the immediate pre-internet of this decade that makes it distinct? Right. You know, this is the last decade that will not be dominated by the internet the way you know like as you're saying this whole thing we're saying with the record stores and buying one cd for 20 bucks like this is the end of the line for that shit right right and that matters and that makes the 2000s as a block feel completely different from a musical perspective because thanks napster you can listen to everything and you can be omnivorous on a budget now right in a way that you just couldn't in the 90s so it's it's i think both things are true I think there is an undeniable bias that you and I both have for this decade. And when we say, oh, it's the greatest day, like music will never get better than this. Like we're being old men. Right. Undeniably. But I do think that there are actual objective aspects of the 90s and where it falls in the scope of human history that make it distinct and make it like remarkable as like a block of time, you know, with qualities that were never repeated before or since. Yeah. I mean, the framing of that is perfect. You're very good at this. You should do this professionally. That's my suggestion. You should we'll do see. podcasting we'll as a profession. I think it would, could be very lucrative for you. And, you know, it's funny. You said, like, you know, we think that, like, music from the 90s is the best music. I don't know that I actually, I mean, this is not a knock on, on anyone who does. I don't know that I do. Um, hmm. But I was a huge nerd in the 90s. And, and my, like, music exposure was really weird. And I, you know, I think, like, I, it, it was it was definitely a huge part of my life because part of it was like ma I used to you know make money doing it and used to you know yeah. that was like a, a focal point of 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 many years of my life. But I had things that were going on like like the internet mattered to me in the '90s more than music did. Like I was a huge fucking nerd, and where I, my attention was focused okay. was like understanding what this new thing was called the internet, which like you know I was yeah. online fairly young, like before the internet was even the internet, but. But like it's interesting because like this was like music for you is not uh, a hobby, right? I mean, you became no, a, you became was... a, a man who writes about music and now has podcasts about music. It's like it's bigger than that for you. Nah, this was my life pretty immediately. I have to say, I was I did dial up onto the internet, you know, <laughs> late in the '90s, but I was not a man of the internet in the '90s. No, it was pretty evident to me by the time I was in high school that I wanted to be a rock critic, right? I wanted to write for Rolling Stone. 
you know, I it, it was clear to me that music was going to be one of the most important things in my life from when I was like six years old. Right. You know, from when I became obsessed with MTV or whatever. And so, no, I, I, I do think that I am printed with music in a really intense and unnecessary way from the very beginning. And it was sort of the prism through which I saw and heard and felt everything. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that comes through in the show and I think that's what makes it so compelling to listen to. I mean, Ah. but, um, (laughs) we should say the show is at least going to 120 episodes. Correct. Yeah. Well, we'll stop there. But yeah, you're, you're sure you're going to stop at 120. I'm, I'm pretty sure. But like, what if like you get to 120 and then you remember this one song that was super important that you didn't get to? Oh yeah. Robo hump and slow mo babe. I got to do that. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's always a possibility. It could, ha- it could have a great song. Looking through the list, I have thought about this. Like there are songs that aren't the obvious song or aren't the one no. that, that, you know, which is good. But I think it like opens up yeah. the question in my mind is like, it, will there be that obvious one that, that you feel like, oh shit, why didn't I do, you know, X? I'm thinking of like Pearl Jam, like not that the song that you chose is not perfect. Yeah. Pearl Jam was one. Yeah. It's like, I tried to, you know, I did yellow lead better, but I tried to talk about what, like Jeremy even flow, like daughter, like I, if I'm doing an episode on an artist that has like a huge catalog, like I try and get to everything that I can and sometimes, you know, it's in the Nirvana episode, for example, like I thought about doing where did you sleep last night? You know, the unplugged version. Yeah. You know, but then in the end, it just felt obnoxious not to lead with smells like teen spirit. You know? It'd be fucking crazy. Honestly, I thought for there sure. You well, like when you, crazy when you when you didn't do it for so long, I was like, OK, so this must be he's going to end the series that's what i thought forever right yes that that was the plan okay because it seemed obvious to me like to do it that way like and i'm like that's why Mm -hmm. because i was like he must have done smells like teen spirit and it wasn't there and you're like okay well that's weird yeah yeah no i mean i think it would have been i think people would have been enraged to be honest maybe i don't know if people get enraged about your show but like you know like sometimes they're on the internet so you're definitely gonna get some haters uh you know i think like yeah would have been bizarre (laughs) at least to ignore smells like teen spirit for you know actually kind of it's kind of a record store guy move when you think about it to do something like that (laughs) it's sort of like you're like oh you get you like smells like teen spirit that's actually not really their best song i'm into their earlier stuff you know which is not even 90s but screw you guys yeah exactly i mean sliver yeah i mean you have the you have you definitely have the knowledge of a record store guy i don't know (laughs) i i think based on how much you want to share the knowledge you don't have the personality of a record store guy so well I think, I that's think very important that's that's very kind of you to say on that nice moment so <laughs> 60 songs to explain the 90s comes out november 14th november 14th and rob thank you for coming on and uh would love to have you it's back when honor. you when you have decided on your next decade mm-hmm. you're gonna have to come back and explain i would love to come back i would i would like to talk to zelda again when i do come back <laughs> well i could almost quest. guarantee that will happen because That's she fantastic. she'll be very excited to explore another another decade of music you could book it we'll, we'll, we'll do that rob thanks so much thanks dude <laughs> Well, that is our show for this week. And what a show, I got to say. I feel like I maybe was a little bit of like a fanboy to maybe too much in parts. I'm not really sure. But uh, you know what? It's fine. I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it. I'm going to own my fan positioning that I may have stepped into during the show. And you know what? I'm not ashamed. I think it's great to like something. And I don't have any any qualms about owning it completely. Uh, Anyhow, that is our show this week. We'll be back next week with more What Future. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.